You're listening to The Cavellas on WRBB 104.9. Okay, so I guess we're getting, we're all started. Okay. Um, I definitely, there are some things that we have to say because this is on the radio, but I will figure that out later. Apparently every hour you have to give a, a little PSA from the, from the group of PSAs to select. Yeah, there's a whole drive of them. Are they fun? Are any of them fun? Or are they all like... No, not particularly. Don't do drugs. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I guess let's let's give a little bit of our of our background. If you're tuning in, um, thank you. This thank is you first show debut episode um, of the Cavellas. Um, Lacey, do you want to? So uh, first, this is Hannah, and I'm Lacey. Lacey, do you want to do you want to talk about what the Cavellas means? What is what is that like? Why do we choose that? What is what is the Cavellas? Great question. So, to kvel, it's a Yiddish word, and it kind of means just to, like, complain. And that is something that the two of us do best. Um, so, like, fellas were the kvelas. Right. It's just, like, a little bit of a she moment. It's, we're making this feminine, um, the kvelas, turning it into a, I guess, is it a noun? Maybe. I don't know. I um, guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this, so what we're, we're giving a little sneak peek of what, what this show is going to be about. Um, the Cavellas is about growing up, uh, Jewish, culturally Jewish in a world where, um, I don't know. Some people are, some people aren't. Um, and I think that we have always said, what if we had a podcast? Um, and I know that everyone says that, but we mean it. Um, it's better when two women say that than two men because women are indeed smarter than men, um, especially Jewish women because we know everything. We're always right. So yeah, yes, so. yes. It's the like never conceding that we are wrong that makes us right all the time. Exactly. So yeah, we both have had a little bit of a different Jewish background, um, and I think we should start by that so we can kind of lay the foundation of what we're talking about. Um, if you want, I can go first since I yeah go for the, it uh, the background notes here. So yeah, um, I am from uh, Central Jersey. It does exist from a uh, not really Jewish area, um, and I definitely was a little bit more of your stereotypical Jewish upbringing, um, more more traditional. Um, my mother is the HBIC of our temple, uh, Madame Prez. I'm trying to find some sort of either desk thing or mug thing that, that either has HBIC or um, Madame Prez on it. I think she needs to remind... I think she needs that. She needs to remind everyone who's in charge. Um, her, her geriatric following. Um, she is the youngest person there. Um, and we love her for it. Uh... <laughs> So I think that as she's gotten a little bit older, she's definitely been a little bit more Jewish, um, though she always has been. Yeah, sometimes that happens, I think. Um, usually it's after a divorce, but homegirl isn't divorced, so um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I had a bit of, the, uh, of those traditional experiences, including uh, one, uh, one year of summer camp, of Jewish summer camp. Um, I, for it wasn't for me. Um, the food was something that was uh, it was yeah too much. 
but uh, yeah, I also had that that uh, B'nai Mitzvah, I'm a twin brother. Um, our theme was travel. It had to be a gender neutral theme, um, which I thought was pretty funny because we didn't really travel that much, but we did have a global theme. Um, and yeah, I, I did a bit of that. Uh, it's called Nifty. It was, uh, yeah, what, what is Nifty? It's like that. It's like a reform youth group where it's like BBYO. It's like for teens to stay involved with their Judaism post mitzvah. Right, right, right. It's like stay in school, stay active, stay learning. Um, stay holy. It wasn't really for me. Well, that's the thing. That's the conundrum is it was not holy at all. Um, and I think that's what people tend to uh, learn in, in their youth group experiences is that the holiness really isn't there. Um, it's kind of a right. facade. Um, but I did that for a bit. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i trying to think of the last Jewish thing I did, which was, oh, well, I'm going to my, my mother's swearing-in ceremony, her inauguration soon. So that's going to be an event. Mazel! Yes, she she's always talking and cavelling and complaining about um, everyone else's uh, inability to keep up with her. So uh, Lacey, want to hop in? Want to jump in? Wanna yeah, Totally. Um, so I grew up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, which is, I would say, the Jewish capital of New York, other than, you know, Williamsburg, but that's like the super Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up pretty non-religious, you know, we'd celebrate the big ones like Hanukkah, Passover, Yom Kippur, um, I never celebrated Purim, seemed fun. Um, I went as Lindsay Vaughn. Do you remember her? No, you did not. Uh, yeah, because I think... Why? Uh, you know, she was an icon for me. She dated Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, distinctly remember that. I also went as, uh, Lauren Elena, who was, uh, the American Idol, like, <laughs> season, season 10 runner-up. You really up. chose some niche people. Okay. <laughs> I was, like, hippie for Halloween or, like, you know, stupid stuff. Anyway, this weird girl. Um, so I was not bat mitzvahed. My older sister was. I did have the whole sleepaway camp experience. I know everything about Lester's, Denny's, string bracelets, you know, all the Jewish but not Jewish yeah. string friendship bracelets. Yeah. We'll get into that later. I think the last Jewish thing I did was we had a little Seder at my friend's apartment. He made a brisket. Oh, was this Julian? Yes, my my Jewish king. Um, and at college, you know, I went to a school where I was like, okay, it's not going to be very... And then it turns out that most of my friends are tri-state area Jews. So you attract what you are. Yes. You do what you do. You do what you do. Love it. Love it. Um, and I think we've had our fair share of those experiences, whether it is um, finding a nice Jewish boy. Um, mine, mine, it was more of a more of a lie. Um, it's the when you when you claim to be a nice Jewish boy, I don't think you actually are. No, you're not. Um, we'll unpack that later. But um, I think one of the one of the big things I, that that makes us culturally Jewish and what makes a lot of people culturally Jewish is this um, idea of identity. Um, and I think that it's more of an identity rather than a religion in, True. in, in a lot of people's cases. And I think in my case, um, could you explain to me, Lacey, what are some uh, of the things that you think set cultural Jews apart from either the rest of the population or the religious Jewish population? Such a good I, question. I know so many Jews who are 
culturally Jewish and then just happen to be Jewish and then are also religious. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my family members happens to be Jewish. She's actually, she, in her older years, she actually started going to temple and like, she's the one who like knows the prayers. I think cultural Jews only know like three prayers tops. We know all the Yiddish, um, but you know, we're, we're the stereotypical, what you think of a Jew. We're loud, we complain. I'm allowed to say this because I am Jew. Um, And I think religious Jews are very different because there's definitely like an air to them. It's not necessarily like a condescending air, but it's like they know stuff. We don't know anything. They are like actually educated when it comes to Judaism. We just flaunt it. Um, You know, with the Hamsa necklaces that you got at Denny's or like whatever. I, I'm sorry, I'm going on, I'm rambling. What do you think the differences are? Um, no, I think you're definitely out there. I think that I am going to be the resident, you were talking about the education. I do have to say, while I cannot speak or understand Hebrew, I am literate. Um, so I can write in it. Yes. So I think I might, I might be the resident educated person. I did, I did attend Hebrew school, but very much not um, still a very big part of my life. I think what also sets us apart is this idea um, of, I don't know, there's there's a lot of things, whether it's the food, whether it's the closest to family, um, a big emphasis on education. Huge. Uh, I was actually going to bring this up. Um, my, and, and I remember this always as a kid that like, there's, there's a very high standard with education and you continue your education even if it's not necessarily the thing for you. You know, some people aren't, like, built out for for college. And whether it's not even going to college, it's always the idea of constantly learning and constantly bettering yourself through reading and through attending seminars and and what have you. My my grandmother is one of six, and her parents uh, owned a, like, a five and dime, which I guess is today's five below, um, because now you can't get anything for a dime. Um, But (laughs) they actually were in the paper that they, despite the fact that they were dirt poor and they had six children, they made sure all six of their children not only went to college, but that they even um, later in their lives went to community college, despite the fact that they already had their careers and such, that they was still such an important identity and still such an important part of being who we are. Whether whether it's going to Sundays at the Met or uh, attending your, I don't know, you ever, you ever listen to some seminars? Of course. And Jews yeah. love TED Talks. Jews love a TED Talk. They, it's always about the next, like, Radiolab thing you've heard. Yeah. Or the, you know, latest podcast. or They love a crime podcast. They, they Oh, my God. NPR, huge. Yes. Um, I totally agree. I think there's this very strong expectation of, like, you are going to college. Right. Even if you don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're in high school, it's like, oh, so what are you thinking about doing? Like, do you, what do you think? Right. It, what do you want to do for work? It's like, you're always trying to better yourself. And I appreciate that. Um but it can be stressful. You can really feel the pressure of it. Right, right. Um, I was also, because, of course, we, we, love to, we love to read and we love to read up on things. Um, my best friend, Pew Research. Um, when I tell you I unironically, like, look at Pew Research just to, like, look at it. Like, you know, some people read their news. Like, I read Pew Research as my news. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I was reading Pew Research this morning. And um, there is a very, very large... Uh, percentage of 
Jew of Jewish people who identify as culturally Jewish and then, you know, aren't religious and also don't believe in in God. Yeah. That is also something that sets us apart is that, you know, you would think that if you if you were religious, you would believe in God. Right. Even my even my mother who is the president of our temple, she doesn't really have a a concrete idea of what God is and whether there is a God because again, I think it's it's more of a of a group of people rather than just a religion. It's community. It's supporting one another. It's, you know, and I think re- religion is evolving. I mean, I can't really think of many people, at least in my circles, who believe in God. Right. Um, and I really appreciate that about Judaism is that we have such a strong culture, like, and identity, regardless of if you you know, subscribe to all of the Torah and other religious texts. Um, but yeah, it's great because you can so be a Jew. I think our next Jew. our next section uh, of our of our show, as we're as we're kind of breezing through this, um, I always I always also look at Twitter. Um, what's happening on Twitter? Uh, you're looking at me with a blank stare, so maybe I'll fill you in. What's going on? Have we? Okay, so what's going on on Twitter? Um, Twitter is Twitter is my safe space. Um, oh, same. Um, it's my haven. I think that there are people who read the worms in my head on Twitter. Um, I, I have this idea. I was I was preaching this the other day that everyone has worms, and it's like you have to find the people who read your worms. The worms have to buzz. The worms have to buzz. I think that our worms definitely buzz, despite the fact that we are many miles away from each other. Oh, hundred percent. There are some people who just their worms. Their worms don't buzz to my worms, and that's okay. But Twitter is a collective buzzing of worms. At least the Twitter that I subscribe to. All of the sanity is out the door once you click that bird. Gone. I wanted to talk about some of that. Um, Timmy Chalamet. Ugh. Don't get me started. Can we talk about this Willy Wonka thing? Okay, girl. When I heard about that, my little Jewish heart exploded. Because for some context, for those of you who may not know, even if a celebrity is half Jewish, they are Jewish. If you have a biblical name and you're a celebrity and you live in the New York area, you're, you're Jewish. Jewish. You're Jewish. You are Jewish. Sarah Jessica Parker, she's actually part Jewish. Is she? Yeah. I learned that David Beckham is somehow wow. somewhere Jewish, and that's why my mom is obsessed with him. Yeah, no, moms subscribe to hot Jewish men. Right. Timothy Chalamet, his mom, Nicole Flender, Nicole Flenders, she was my substitute teacher oh, in elementary oh school. And she, she actually basically married. Yeah, basically married. Um, marriage pact for sure. You know, Jewish geography, that's a huge one. We haven't touched on that yet. I think there are five circles of Jews, and we all are a part of at least two or three of them. Oh, definitely, definitely. And definitely. so Timothy's family and I overlap in one of the circles, which is our grandparents know each other. Um, his grandpa was a playwright. My grandpa was a theater lawyer. So my grandparents and his grandparents used to hang out. And you should tell uh, him this. DM him. What? You should tell him this. DM him. Yeah, he's definitely gonna. He's gonna see it. He's definitely gonna notice it. Um, but yeah, Nicole was my substitute teacher in second grade. I knew I recognized her face when I saw her on red carpet photos. And I was like, how do I know that? How do I know that mug? How do I know that punum? I need to know how I know that face. And it finally clicked. And so 
end of moral of the story is I'm engaged to Timothy Chalamet, Jewish king, right. who will be starring in the Willy Wonka prequel about his backstory as a as Willy Wonka. Yes. Now there were a few things that I thought were ironic and iconic. Um, oh wait, can we make that a segment? Ironic and iconic. The first one is, and I'm not sure if this is 100% true, Taika Watiti. I think he's behind this. He He's he, half Jew. Oh my gosh. I If you get me started on my Taika tangent, which is also another <laughs> tangent that is being brought up. Um, his his uh, little menage a trois. Which, oh, which Tessa Tom. Okay, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it. We'll get into it. But um, I believe that he, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that he is directing this um this story now there was a lot of backlash about two things well first of all Roald Roald Dahl is that yeah anti-semite very much anti-semite but a lot of the points were made that if Taika Waititi is doing this um Jew and we've also got main character Jew and not for nothing um Gene Wilder also Jew that was kind of a big uh, given the bird to Sir Dahl. Oh, yeah. Uh, additionally, um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Willy Wonka, like, enslave the Oompa <laughs> Yeah, no, it's totally problematic. Considering how we're gonna address the enslavement of the orange Oompa <laughs> if Timmy is going to be the person to do that, because that is gonna be really interesting. Now, when I think of Willy Wonka, and maybe it's, this is because... TikTok has rot- rotted my brain. Um, that and Twitter. Um, I think of the person that TikTok oh. really Wonka. And I really, honest to God, hope that that's not the case. Because that will be a disservice to Jews worldwide. I have to see Timothy Chalamet and that stupid little Lord Farquaad, little Bob number that Johnny Depp has in the remake, in the 2000-whatever remake. I think I'm going to throw tomatoes at the screen this is gonna be you will you will read them on uh screen cuisine oh yeah for sure yes screen cuisine Uh, is Lacey's my movie and food podcast so I'm very happy to be on another podcast I love talking that's a big thing about Jews talking we love to gossip we love to complain and we also just love to connect with one another at the end of the day I think that's a huge part of it so um to the to the pipeline of uh Taika Watiti. First of all, I guess Rita Ora isn't broke. Or if she is broke, she's using his money. Sorry, Rita. Do we know if Tessa Thompson or Rita Ora are Jewish? I don't think so, but fun fact, Rita Ora is white. I think she's Armenian. No, she's Albanian. Um. She is white. Her grandpa and Dua Lipa's grandpa were friends. Ain't that some ish? I just want to know if this if this little this little three way is something that will be sustained or was just a one time fling. You think it's a PR stunt? Huh? You think it's a PR stunt? Honestly, ever since I read this very very long, um, <laughs> there was like a Google Drive like manifesto that someone created on why taylor swift and harry styles were a pr stunt when they dated yeah Um, this was straight from this was straight from the gutter this this 
this piece, this manuscript. Um, I'm going to need that link. (laughs) Well, there's another one that said that Jack Antonoff, who is my favorite Jew, and the Lord. Did you see that? That Um, is the PowerPoint of the century. I read that when I was in high school, and now it makes sense. I love these kind of just like absolutely unhinged celebrity exposés. My other favorite one, which was deleted from YouTube, I tried to find it recently, was that Leah Michelle, another famous Jew, can't read. And that they had to feed her all of her lines on Glee. It is seriously, it was an hour long and it is one of the best pieces of culture I have ever ex- been exposed to in my life. I will never forget it. Points were made. I am one, honestly, I think I'm one, one something. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a shred away from making my own manifesto on some sort of, some sort of piece of pop culture. Oh, I'm this, I'm, I'm this close. This is basically a pop culture manifesto. We're just not as, as mentally ill as these other people. I actually did read, um, the Google Drive manuscript, which I'm pretty sure someone just wrote and did not leak from, uh, Harry Styles' new movie, Don't You Worry, Darling. Oh, is that the Um, Olivia Wilde one? Yes. Someone put on Google Drive, uh, a a quote leaked manuscript but now i'm hearing that it that the 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 script was changed and it now does not resemble the manuscript that was leaked so i'm just thinking that someone wrote this yeah it's wattpad 90 pages i read it in like december how'd you find this stuff twitter reddit uh actually my friend julia she is my one of my closest friends from home and she you know how you could find an identity of someone in under in under two minutes? That is what I'm known for, yes. She could find a pop culture conspiracy. Um, I call her every so often and I say, what's going on in the world? Because sometimes I just have to log off and and touch grass and be outside. And of I, course. I can guarantee that she is still keeping up with everything, um, which is really honestly a full-time job. Oh, it is. I want to do that for, for a living. Are you kidding me? BuzzFeed, but something less cringy. It's interesting you say that because one of my favorite New York Times reporters, her name is Taylor Lorenz. Do you follow her on Twitter? No. I feel like she, I should. She is like the resident pop culture critic, and now she's doing um, TikTok. And she does these little exposés where she like lives in the houses and really gives you the scoop on how messed up this this is. Um, this monetization of like 12 year olds doing little dances she's living in a hype house well no she did for like one point i think oh my god i did not spend overnight there but she definitely like watched she did an ethnography this was like the um what do they call that new wave journalism where you're like Uh, you're like there i love that firsthand actually i read her for one of my one of my courses um for the audience i am a journalism and art history uh major because i want to get employed and i want to make money in my life Um, you are going to be the next bill gates with your majors uh shout out to bill gates um i hear he's single um (laughs) (laughs) billy if you're listening to this my ring finger is feeling especially bare I'm going to cry. Um, so next I want to talk about, oh, so, so 
um, on our on our little docket of what we're talking about, I put why can I name every six foot guy with curly floppy hair that is Jewish, um, and this was under the pride excitement about Jewish celebs. Next point I want to touch upon yes. is why all the exes that are in my life are probably related. <laughs> I think of all the men I've ever like had relations with, maybe two weren't Jewish. Jewish men, going back to your original point that you touched on about NJBs, you cannot be a self-proclaimed NJB. It is like calling yourself a sweetheart. It's, you can't be that self-aware when you're that nice. Yes. And Jewish men just have such a way about them. Hannah and I were actually once sitting on campus, and one girl who goes to our school is particularly TikTok famous. She was on live. Hannah and I had just met, and we were talking. We were bonding over our Judaism, our Jewishness. And Hannah and I are screeching in the background, Jewish mothers smother their sons. And, you know, it was caught on live, and she yelled at us. Obviously not a Jew, because she would have laughed. Um, but it's true. These men are ridiculous. I was on a date with a, um, a man who, who claims Jewish origin, and I asked him if he was smothered as a child, and he knew what I meant. Not smothered physically, but, you know, smothered. Yeah. Um, and then I asked him, he's from the West Coast, and I asked him what uh, what his bar mitzvah theme was, and he said he didn't have one. But he went to a lot of, and I was actually trying to look up this term, like Buddhist bar mitzvahs, and apparently this is a West Coast thing where it's very, like, spiritual, we're talking beads, we're talking, like, um, you know, do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? That's fun. He had a word for it, and obviously I cannot text this man, but, um, if I could, I would shout out to the, to the, to the void of radio. What was that name called? (laughs) What was the name called of this thing? It was like, well, maybe it was like a, a bood mitzvah or something, and I was like, what? Beach mitzvah. I was like, what? And he and he explained it to me, and I was like, that makes so much sense. Like, you know the Jewish aunt who wears the red Kabbalah bracelet and, like, lives at, um, well, it wouldn't be, uh, Lu- is it Lululemon? I always say Lululemon. I'd never say it right. I used to say Lululemon. It's Lululemon. Yes. Okay, I say Lululemon. Um, the Lululemon aunt with the red Kabbalah bracelet and, like, the, um, the fading tattoo of the sun or I never had her but I always wanted her yeah Um, definitely I definitely have some macrame aunts and they would well actually it's funny you say that well I said it um it's funny I say this because I did attend a cousin's bar mitzvah where they um completely changed what it was I don't think there was any Torah being read but it was just the coming of age ceremony oh yeah in the middle of this um, it was in their backyard, which is in the middle of, like, a forest. Oh. Um, he was digging for salamanders during his own bar mitzvah. Oh. It was the most spiritual, um, transcendental experience. My grandmother looked like she was going to have a nervous breakdown because, obviously, this was not, this was not the real deal. No. She, she's, she's an aunt that comes to mind who would, uh, who would, who would be a macrame aunt. Oh, totally. And on that point about your grandma, Jewish grandparents are such traditionalists. Like, even if they're not religious. Oh, she never had a bat mitzvah. But she will defend to the day she dies the values, which I find hilarious. 
Yes, same. Um, and my grandparents in particular aren't, haven't been too happy with me recently because I do in fact have two tattoos. Right. Big no-no in Judaism. Um, I also happen to have three numbers on my ankle. Thank God, not my wrist. Um, but you know, I don't think the numbers, which numbers numbers do you have? I have my mom's birthday on my on my ankle in her handwriting and she has mine in my handwriting numbers 818 my mom's birthday is august 18th so i have 818 on my wrist and then i have xoxx on my wrist 818 a new york area code uh i think no okay i'm thinking of 872 which also isn't one okay continue okay. <laughs> <laughs> um they're both tributes to family Uh, both family members which is huge in Judaism but you know I think that's definitely evolving like the younger generations are certainly not as Jewish as Mm -hmm. our ancestors Um, more and more Jews are getting tattoos and you know there's that whole you can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery bit and I think people just don't care about that anymore at least people our age it's funny you say that because we circle back to the importance of uh, education and at gosh, how old was I? Probably like 12. I decided that I would best my mother at her own game, which is going to the local Rebbe, the rabbi, and um, attending a seminar on why Jews could get tattoos and using that, uh, that research to present my argument, which was actually I can. Oh, you totally can. Oh yeah, no, but the fact that I, I sought out a rabbi. Oh yeah, that's, that's the, Exactly. The epitome of the Jewish argument. Yes. It's Uh, doing your damn research. And at the end of the day, I realized that, first of all, if we're going to look at it, you can't do any body modification. So who got their ears pierced out of Claire's? Hello. (laughs) Hello. My mom has three piercings on one ear. Like, exactly. Um, And on the other hand as well, um, two things. First of all, are they going to look at your naked body before they put you in the grave? No. Second, it's actually not even the case. Um, It is a wives' tale. And I remember my brother attended this as well. And now he has three giant tattoos. Oh, what are they? Oh, well, he just got a new one, actually. It's funny you say that. He got a severed hand with an eye in the center of it. Um, I thought it was a Hamsa. It's not because there are too many fingers. A Hamsa has like four fingers, I think. Four fingers, I think, yeah. Yeah. And his had um, all five. My parents at this point are, are, they don't care about the tattoos. Okay. Just care that they are aesthetically pleasing. Fair enough. We'll say that that his his style is different than what my parents would. um, (laughs) King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards. That's his favorite band. Um, Their mascot on his arm, which is a giant um, alligator. A cartoon alligator on his um, bicep, or uh, bicep, sorry, or lack thereof. Um, so Skinny Jews, my favorite. It's always a fun game. My grandmother actually called me and she's like, did you see what your brother got on him? Um, because she somehow knows. She has this, this weird thing. She knows about things before I do. Mine too. She knows about things before I tell anyone. Um, whether it is going on a, on a bad, uh, hinge date or it is, 
um, you know, going to the doctor or something, she, she just knows she has this sense and this intuition. Um, it's bubby sense, not spidey sense, sense, bubby sense. Um, yeah. So I think we should now maybe move on to our next, uh, piece on the docket which is (laughs) which I just want to say for the audience um usually we have a guest speaker and there's usually kind of a a central theme um for each episode today today's a little bit of a hodgepodge a little bit of a smorgasbord the intro it's the intro it's all different topics um we gotta establish who we are who we are so um I did a lot of twitter research as one does um definitely my favorite uh method of of gathering my news oh of course Oh, which another thing I wanted to add, um, Fauci. Have you read Fauci? Read how the uh, Freedom of Information Act has released uh, thousands of emails. Huh? Right. He, they released thousands of Fauci's emails. Right. And now I'm sure there must have been some dirt found because who doesn't have dirt? But I just want to say that. The way that he has been, those emails were just, oh, the way that he's been handling this pandemic and the way that he, I I really wish I could find some, some examples. Um, but it was just like, people were checking in on him. They're like, how you doing buddy? And he's like, you know, honestly, it's really tough time, but I have to be here for everyone. Yeah. He was just a godsend during this and really just kept a brave face through these through these emails, um, which can only tell you that these were behind closed doors. So maybe that means that again, I think he really he really believes in in his uh in his message and his method. Uh he's a king. I think it was actually Melinda Gates who reached out to him. Um I ship that. I think he has I think he has a wife, but I would ship it. Um I think he has grandkids. I did I did some some research on things that uh feel Jewish but are not Jewish. And by also research, I mean I asked my mother, let me tell you why her first thing was pigs in a blanket. <laughs> From Kosher National though, right? And it's very interesting because pigs in a blanket are kosher, but pigs aren't. Um you can't have pork. I eat pork frequently. Pigs in a blanket, the staple of something that is that is inherently Jewish but not Jewish. Um, I just thought that that was a little bit ironic and iconic. I think Jews love finger food, and pigs yes. in a blanket are the finger food. If you think about it, rugula, finger food. Hala, you pull it apart. Um, right. Knish, bagels. Every carb is a finger food. Right. right, which I'm starting to realize is a personal attack and personal affront on my identity. I'm trying to find a good gluten-free bagel. If anyone knows a good gluten-free bagel... Um, I wish I could help you. There's really crickets in the audience. Um, <laughs> I'm going to shout into the void of radio. If you know any gluten-free bagel, or even anything gluten-free that tastes like the real thing. Glutino has good pretzels. They're, like, crunchier. I like their stuff. Okay. I did have Glutenberg gluten-free beer. Um, and? And it was great. Uh, I'm not a big beer gal, but Neither. if you want to um, 
pretend that you are, I suggest getting <laughs> Okay, wait. Total tangent. Manischewitz. Ugh. I could. It's like water. Really? I, I, it's too sweet for me. Oh, I love sweet. Oh, I love sweet. It's grape juice. It's so good. Anyway, what were we talking? That it's grape juice that burns. Um, Fair enough. Oh, so we were just we were just talking about some things that that um, are Jewish but aren't Jewish. Uh, preventative tums. Oh, hun- IBS. If you want to talk to the crowd about your IBS journey. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so the two. This is a fact. This is an objective fact. The two most like lactose intolerant ethnic groups in the world are Asians and Jews. Interesting. We just can't handle dairy. Is there any, like, specific subset of Asian people that that can't? Because, I mean, Asia is a pretty large... It's a a big continent. You know, I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to be spilling out false, falsities. Um, But I know it is at least some areas of Asia. Um, Uh So many people in my family are lactose intolerant. We always knew it would come for me one day, even though I'm, like, the biggest dairy consumer. I'm definitely here for big cow, and I don't mean to be, but oat milk is disgusting. I will say it now, and I will die on this hill. Anyway, so I, most of us are lactose intolerant. Many of us have IBS, which, if you live under a rock, stands for irritable bowel syndrome, which means you're either sitting on the toilet for hours or hoping to sit on the toilet for hours um and tums are are a big one tums help pepto-bismol miralax all of that that's where we jews jews are the the backbone of this industry i love miralax is staying in business just from uh the jewish jewish community and i love that our food uh, makes you so constipated, matzah. That's why I don't eat it. Eating cardboard. Yeah. I feel I feel so yucky. Exactly. Uh, what else? What else? Actually, what else? Well, IBS yeah. I realized is actually part of the uh, immune system failure community group. Really? I'm also dealing with a lot of immune problems, so I think IBS is part of part of that uh, branch. Hundred uh, percent. Which is why, which is why also we tend to have poor immune systems and poor immune health. So we're also uh, the worst patients. The worst patients, like like if, if we're I, sick, oh, we're yeah. so annoying about it. Well, my parents always had the twenty four hour rule, which yeah, they said I only had twenty four hours to complain about said illnesses. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's horrible. <laughs> At the tw- it was the 24-hour rule. I swear, I swear to God, 24 hours to air all my grievances, and that was it. And then once, you could be on death's door, and they'd be like, it's been 24 hours. Oh, nope. that is, that is traumatic. Yep. The only time I think that the 24-hour rule was lifted was for extreme circumstances. Um, For example, waterborne illnesses do, um, <laughs> do come under that umbrella. Um, I recently, yeah, um, I did, I did have a waterborne illness, uh, my senior year of high school at after prom, 
someone drank the water and they shouldn't have. And it turns out that cholera does spread through, uh, like, contact. You don't have to drink the water. Oh. Only someone so, um, yeah, that was that was definitely how that one spread. Most ill I've been in my life. 24-hour rule was lifted for that. But usually stomach stomach ailments are a 24-hour thing. Not so, for me. <laughs> not for the people in the IBS community, I guess. Um, God forbid you lived in this house because you I really... I think I would have died. Yes. Um, what el- so what else? We have preventative Tums. Um, oh. Italian cookies. You know, I'm not a big Italian dessert girl. But, but Jewish delis always have the little rainbow cookies. Exactly. And, funnily enough, I always called those shiva cookies. Um, those are shiva cookies. Stop it. <laughs> because they were there when a shiva, which is when someone dies and they're Jewish. Um, it's like a Jewish, a Jewish funeral. Um, they were always there. So the only time you could have Shiva cookies was at a Shiva. Um, <laughs> little did you know. I was blown away that people do have those cookies when someone hasn't died. <laughs> oh my god. Recent finding. I won't say how old I was because it would be embarrassing. But recent finding. <laughs> These were not just for funerals. Um, oh my god. And we address Denny's. <laughs> Yes. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the diner. We are discussing Denny's, the little haven, the haven for little Jewish children and their shopaholic mothers. Um right. picture this. It's summer 2010. You're about to go off to sleepaway camp for the first time and you live in a Jewish community and you are Jewish. You don't have to be Jewish, but you live in a Jewish community, i.e. Great Neck. You are going to Denny's. It is the place to get camp stuff. You're not getting a tent at Denny's. Oh, no. You're getting emoji-themed stationery. You are not not getting anything useful at these places. Have I told you about when I uh, used the Denny's stationery to convince my parents that the summer camp was abusing me so I could go home? What was your argument? Well, so you know those little stationary things where you, like, checked off, like, the food is blank, right? So that was the only way I would write letters. However, on the back, I wrote, when I when I really had it, um, because no one wanted to be friends with me because they all spoke Hebrew, and they all were way more Jewish than me. You and went so to would... Jew camp. <laughs> they would, like, connive, and they would, like, do like they would like speak telepathically and so the only friends that i had were um the exchange program kids from russia and israel oh my god uh, language barrier but they were my besties because we didn't speak a word to each other it was all like <laughs> signaling <laughs> Wait, what camp was this this was um camp uh it was nashua and it was part of cedar lake okay Okay. Cedar Lake was the older one the, for the older okay. kids. Because a um, lot of camps are, like us, culturally Jewish, but not actually Jewish. Your camp sounds Jewish. Well, that was the thing. It wasn't even that Jewish. But I just think that they also, like, they were from, like, Long Island. And they were from places where they knew a lot of Jewish kids. Okay. And the only kids that I knew who were Jewish were the kids who went to my temple. 
Right. So, yeah, but um, I used the back of the Denny stationery, and I said that um, that I was being abused, and that I hated it there, and that I don't even know what the specifics were, but very much um, a SOS cry for help. Yeah. And because they wouldn't allow you to, the only time you could call your parents on the phone was whether it was your birthday or it was, um, or you were like deathly ill in the infirmary. Are you kidding? We got one call every like two and a half weeks. Yeah, no, I didn't get any calls. And so, um, I wanted to kind of cheat my way around that by claiming abuse. Um, Yeah. And I did get my phone call, but I also got to talk with the director. (laughs) about why we can't say that they're abusing us when they aren't. And I just didn't want to take the swim lessons. Like you can't shout fire in a theater. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was... <laughs> there's actually, there's a, there's a book. There's a book that's uh, a compilation of all these different letters that kids wrote to their parents from sleepaway camp. I used to have it, actually, and it was so funny. It was kids talking about how, like, they pooped in the lake or, like, that they were, you know, they were, like, claiming abuse and, like, just the funniest. You are certain... Your parents... Your parents definitely submitted one of your letters because these letters were absolutely ridiculous. Um, So funny. Did you have the Crazy Creek chair? Is that what it was called? You know the chair? It was, like, two slabs of, like, padded fabric connected by two, like, things of, uh, oh my god, what is it called? Like, not string, um, but it was, like, a fold-up chair. You sat on the ground with it, and it was so uncomfortable, but everyone had it. Mine was blue. Other girls had tie-dye. Let me send you a picture right now, because I think you'll know what it is. Um... But, no, everyone, that's what you got at Denny's. You got stuff you did not need. Um, you also, if you ever wanted to hide a body and you needed a body bag, um, Denny's. you get that at Denny's because the duffel bags that I still have to this day, which have no use besides going to sleepaway camp and packing everything you own. And college. I brought my yes, duffels actually. to college. Yes. The, the absurdity of these bags, a whole person could fit in them. Oh, we used to hide in them. We were only allowed to bring two because they're so big. Um, yes, and and the the like that Justice Age Denny's was like Denny's was like better than Justice. Oh, Justice was was Chugi. What <laughs> have you not heard of Chugi? No, it's my new favorite word. I learned it from TikTok because where else would I learn it? And it's basically subscribing to trends that are, like, outdated slash you're trying too hard. Um, I.e. wearing those crisscross bras from Lester's now. That would be Chugi. Okay. Is it C-H-U-E-G-Y? Yes. Chugi. Yes. Well, my favorite is Aggie. Um, Aggie is... It's a word that actually my... um, friend in seventh grade made up oh Uh, and i use it all the time it's like aggressive but also like (sighs) aggie is being aggressive and annoying and also just like high energy it's like um i I just made it i just made a a scary face um (laughs) when you're being aggie is like when you're being anxious but also being like a little annoying about it i know Um, so many aggie people 
I'm Aggie, so um, I don't think you're. I know way. I know people who are way worse. <laughs> you want to know something else I saw on this on this uh, thread of things that are uh, Jewish but not Jewish? What? Um, it's Cher's Twitter. Oh my God, Diane Keaton too. Tweet by Cher. Oh my God, Diane Keaton and Cher are the two funniest women on the internet. Cher tweets like there's no tomorrow. Um, and Diane Keaton writes in all caps. It's like, girlfriend, it's okay. We don't need to scream. She, she writes, I blocked someone's dad, question mark. Who was it? (laughs) Like, I think that she uses, I think she uses Twitter as Google. And I really, I really like it. Um, there used to be an account like that. That's Um, so funny. (laughs) Uh, please retweet. It's just, it's just like her kind of tweeting into the void, and I really like that. I um, really, I resonate with that. I get no likes. MDNA. Yeah. Well, Diana Keaton actually, she actually wears Dolls Kill. No. Girls at Tulane wear Dolls Kill. That's like Mardi Gras attire. Uh, Diane Keaton wears the Lamoda um, boots, and you know Stop. those ridiculous. You know those ridiculous um, platform David Bowie boots I have that I, I love know them. Wear them. Yeah, she actually. There's a picture of her wearing them, which I think just makes them better. Yeah. Um, that she that she w- played a love interest of Woody Allen and wears these um, flame <laughs> platform boots. To walk her dog in the East Village. So good. It's really just everything I aspire to be. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll through this list because I think there are some really funny ones. Oh yeah, go for it. The word Ajita? Oh yeah. Not, not Yiddish. No, I know. Um, or do you have this list as well? Because I'd love for you to, to jump in. Yeah. Um... um to-do lists, yes. Planners, yes. I'm, I am reading the to-do list from my planner as I'm saying this out loud. Um, <laughs> rinsing out Ziplocs. Oh my god. It's like, use Tupperware. You don't, like, you... It's so true, though. The number of times I've seen my mother wash out a gallon Ziploc, turn it inside out to let it dry. Hang it on the paper towel holder? Yep. Inside out to let it dry. Yes. Oh, here's a good one. Italians. That fits with Ajita. Italians and Jews, we look alike. We have similar values. We love food, family. Depending on the area of Jersey you live in, there's a very there's a very close coexistence. Um, we get each other. I feel kind of at home. Oh my god, me too. I feel like I would fit right in. I would fit in. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm Still wondering, though, if the nephew is hot or not. Who? Chris? I don't know. The one who constantly messes up. Um, ugh. Ugh. Okay, so I always hated him, and I'm actually listening to his podcast right now. He has a Jewish <laughs> wife, King, um, and he, so he's going through every single episode of The Sopranos with another, like, castmate. And I am now very attracted to him. Just hearing him, like, outside of The Sopranos and hearing that he's not dumb and that he's actually very capable and maybe even a little snooty, 
It's like, oh, no, you're hot. The beak. The beak is what does it. The beak. Yes. I, I love I love that. Um, my favorite Jew right now is Zach Braff. Oh, my God. And he's dating Florence Pugh. Ugh. Have you ever um, watched Guarded State? No, I need to. It's on my list. It is. I think that's kind of the precursor to 500 Days of Summer. Really? That's my uh, favorite movie. Mine as well. The soundtrack, Bomb, and he plays a Jew. Bomb. He plays a Jew who goes back to South Orange after his mother passes away. Okay, so I'm watching it today. That's right. what I'm And hearing. Natalie Portman's in it, and she's a Another Jew. Queen. Born in Israel. Queen. Um, let's see, what else? Um, Adam Driver, not Jewish, but Jew. That is, that's honestly kind of a personal affront to me. He needs to convert. You ever look at a celebrity? I'm like, how are you not Jewish? You know who? who... Joy Behar from The View. Is she not Jew? Not Jew. <gasps> I'm shocked. Let's see what else. Black yeah. leggings. <laughs> Black leggings and short chocolate Uggs, or or Supergas. Knit Uggs. I was I was team knit Uggs. I like them I because like you could wear them. Knit. The knit Uggs, you know? Ew, with the button? With the sweater material. <laughs> Why? I thought they were camp. Did you have them in gray? And I can't get rid of them because they Ugh. cost so much money. Springsteen, another person I thought was Jew, but isn't. No, no, it's not. And the way he's actually, uh, he was on a show. Uh, did you listen to the, the song with Jack Antonoff that they're on together? No. That's a good yeah, collab. Um, he is. I can't play it for copyright reasons. Um, Jack, please allow me the uh, <laughs> the uh, what is it? The rights to your songs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually I'm seeing him. Uh, when uh, why did I say Wednesday? It is a Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, September twenty second. The way I have this in my calendar. Um, and I have an extra ticket. So if anyone wants to pay me thirty dollars. That's cheap. Yes, I know. Um, he is. You're seeing Springsteen, or you're seeing Antonov? No, not Springsteen. Antonov. Okay, I was gonna say thirty bucks for Springsteen does not sound real. Wait, so what about their song together? It, it, no, I just think I think that Jack Antonov is this generation's Bruce Springsteen in a sense. Huh. Um, hot take. It is a hot take, but especially his newer album. I don't know. He has like. He has a Springsteen sound, and I think he owned up to it. And then they were both like, "We represent New Jersey in the best possible way. Let's do something amazing ah, together." I like that. I think it's called Forty Five. That's cute. You know who is a Jew who I hate? Lena Dunham. She used to date Jack Antonoff. She's only half Jew. She's. You know how I was saying that if a celebrity's half Jew, I associate them. As full Jew, I don't associate her with the Jewish community. She is too annoying. Period. But I do have to say, sometimes when I watch girls, I do... I do really... I've never seen it. I need to. Adam Driver. Is... Well, yeah, maybe that's why I watched it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, The term, if in doubt, do without. um, I thought that this was something that my grandmother coined. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> less is more 
that's Jewish, but not Jewish. You know how many times I've heard that? When you put on blue eyeshadow in seventh grade, you definitely get um, you definitely get that saying. Yeah, it's like the Coco uh, Chanel quote: "The take one thing off before you leave." But she was an anti-Semite, so these are the right. Jewish versions of them. <laughs> um, psychiatry, obviously. A Jew doesn't go to therapy. What Jew isn't isn't a psychiatrist or knows True. someone that is? My therapist, her mom is, or no, her dad is my mom's therapist. All in the family. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. My mom wanted me to go to her therapist, and she actually she dropped me off there when I was ten and lied and said uh, we were going to my favorite store. That's a whole other story. Uh, um, uh, yeah, she was like, "Surprise!" Dropped me off, and uh, we 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 realized that it would be too much of a conflict of interest. She's seen this. She's seen this woman since she was thirteen, and now deals with her forty-seven year old issues, um, which I think is pretty funny. Um, but love that for her. Love that relationship. Uh, <laughs> and lastly, because we are running out of time, we do have an hour, and it's already been an hour. Um, is my big fat Greek wedding? You no, know, I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to. Stop, you need to. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and uh, Dirty Dancing. Of course. I think about that a lot. I think about that movie about- is is spiritual. That movie isn't great on me. If I were to get a tattoo, I think I would get Patrick Swayze tattooed on me. Just his face on your on your left butt cheek. Okay. Um, yeah. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> thanks for listening to our very first episode. A bit of a closing, but... Uh... Hello. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for sticking with us. This is the Cabela's. Apologies for some of the audio editing, as this is our first episode. We are still working out all the kinks. We hope that you can join us again next week, Thursdays at 6 p.m. at 104.9 FM, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with. All day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.